I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Today's episode of Sick Boy is brought to you by StoryWorth. Please visit storyworth.com slash sickboy to save $20 when you subscribe. It got out of hand. It got out of hand. Just thinking about it, I get like yeah. a smile on my As face. As would a summer camp yeah. if you gave children all... Alcohol. Oh, oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. Which, which you just would never do. Which you would do. never you do. Never, 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 never do. Never do. Right. Uh, Rob, just take the mic a little closer to closer? your... Uh, yeah. yeah, closer up to your face. Yeah. Is that better? Um, yeah, that's perfect. Okay. That's actually perfect. These are awesome microphones, by the way. Oh, they're... They, I love them. They're great. <laughs> they yeah. are fantastic. Yeah, we don't yeah. know much about sound equipment, uh, <laughs> but we do know that these were... Probably the best purchase we could yeah. have made. Oh, yeah. 100%, especially think, for everything you're doing. I think yeah. Carly Ray Jessman uses them. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. right. Well, I also she's... believe Celine Dion. These are uh, Celine Dion's uh, chosen mic. <laughs> Do you know that The Heart Will Go On was one take? Get no out of here. Actually, and the craziest thing about it, I read this the other day and I blew my mind. <laughs> um, she refused to redo it, do it because she didn't like the song. And then she like they they finally said okay well we're using it for stuff we're gonna use this for this movie we're gonna use it for this she's like fine but I'm not redoing it like pissed off about it and, and then it no. like went out it was and a one it take ends song up being like, yeah. a, like a the f- biggest the biggest ten song. times yeah. platinum <laughs> like hit people in 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 uh, Vietnam are still like are still bowing in the streets <laughs> do you to think Celine that Dion? she said I'm sorry I was wrong. <laughs> or do you think she was just like, no? I don't know. I mean, I guess the opinion She's, of the people doesn't necessarily have to be. She seems opinion, like a but, really sweet woman. Yeah. So I feel like, I, like, if I was a guess, I would say she probably was like, oh, that was silly. I'm yeah. glad sorry, you guys. went that way. I'm glad you didn't paint her to be like a. Dude, she raises person. more money for cystic fibrosis yeah. than she like is, any other celebrity. She is really? like one of the yeah. richest people in the world. Yeah, and she's a huge, huge supporter of cystic fibrosis. That's amazing. Canada. Is she do, still doing <clears throat> shows uh, in Las Vegas? Probably. I think, uh, Rob, you've been to Vegas, I have, eh? I have, yeah. Did, and how'd you get there? Uh, <laughs> nice segue. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's where we're about to talk, talk about today. I Correct did. me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, we never skateboarded through Vegas. We oh, went, really? Oh. We, you, did, we did you go down. to L.A.? Yes, we did. Yeah, so yeah. it was, okay. So, so let, well, let, let's uh, yeah, just yeah, set, yeah. The, set the, uh, <laughs> the tone for the listeners here. We are sitting with Rob. Rob, is it Dyer? That's right, yeah. Rob yep. Dyer. And uh, you started an organization yep. called Skate for Cancer. That's right, yeah. Why don't you tell us what Skate for Cancer is? Uh, Skate for Cancer started uh, as like a skateboard marathon from Los Angeles to Toronto. Um, and, and the reason why it started was I was going through a bunch of uh, loss in my life uh, due to cancer. And so f- for me, the way to deal with it was, um, you know, getting out and doing something. So me and a couple of buddies, we had this kind of like crazy idea where we wanted to skateboard from Los Angeles to Toronto to try to raise money. Um, we were 18 years old, and yeah, it just seemed like the best way to kind of do- deal with it. It was almost like therapeutic, yeah. like getting out and doing, so- doing something about it. And yeah. Dude, my favorite thing about that is is 
Well, number one, it's just an amazing cause to go and, and do that. Yeah. But the the other thing is that I love that you're doing something that you love while you're doing that. Like like finding a way to put your passion to work. And I think that's the thing that I identify mm. with the most. I think that whenever like my passion is my passion is hanging out with my my two best friends, Jeremy and Taylor, and and getting to do this and yeah. talk to people like you, it 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 just makes me happy. But there's also this like greater purpose to it, right. which makes it not only fun but also really re- rewarding. And the reason why you started it was because it just it was just was organic and natural, right? You probably were just sitting in, in yeah. like a room and you were like, "Oh, let's start doing this and talk about things that we care about." Literally, exactly. That. Yeah. Literally, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, filled with many dick jokes, uh, very <laughs> sophomoric. But then it kind of took a little more of a profound turn. Yeah, like anything. The, everything first... starts with dick jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, the, fuck, man, that's a long way to yeah. skateboard. And and again, like. When we were doing the drive down, we were just like, oh, shit. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, like you're 18-year-old kids that have never been outside of uh, Ontario. And we were just like, this seems like a great idea. And then while we started, like, driving, we're like, oh, this is really far. Yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Are, you like, are, you, are you, like, street skating or, or are you longboarding long long or what's the uh, deal? I use, like, a popsicle stick, like a street skate yeah. uh, style board just with big <laughs> wheels. Um, the, the first skate, there was a couple times. We had a couple longboards in the, the van. Um, but the, during the first skate, it would just like try it a couple times and it just felt so unnatural just cause you grew up one way. Yeah. Um, I'm the exact reverse. Yeah. Like we, we've longboarded so much. And then as soon as I get a, in, unless I'm, unless it's in a bowl, yeah. I'm like trying to skate around on a, on a street skateboard and I'm just like, Oh God, what am I doing? Well, I'm that's like, it. I'm quicksand. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. It's like, it's whatever's natural to yeah. you, right? Like, you know, skateboarding on a, on a regular popsicle stick board my whole life for 10 years and then trying to go to, to a longboard. Mm. I hated pushing a longboard up a hill. Yeah. It was like, it, just a like regular board, I could figure it out. Like it just, it was a lot easier for me. You know what, come to speak, come to think of it, when I, when I think about that, it actually does seem easier to go up a hill on a street board instead of a longboard. I'm sure, like, if, you're, yeah. I'm sure if you're really good at longboarding, it's probably not as hard, but if you're, if yeah. you're not a longboarder, then it's just like, well, I could push really fast on this little piece of wood or I could like, yeah, it just, it just never really worked for me, the big board, but... How long did it take you to do the trip from uh, from LA to back to Canada? That that uh, trip was about five months. Jesus. Yeah, and um, we wow. did a Canadian one afterwards. That was about the same amount of time. Um, it was about the Canadian one. Actually, was I think just under. It was just under. It was like four and a half months. But okay, yeah. So along the way, are you are you like you're obviously probably getting the attention of the media, but are you guys like raising money for something as well? Yeah. So it. Uh, changed over the years due to like the internet and stuff like that. Like back right. when we did the first, um, we did the first one in like 2004. Um, there wasn't really too much social media kind of presence. Like MySpace was just mm-hmm. beginning and stuff like that. Um, so there wasn't much like online donations back then. So um, at that point, we were doing like um, like fundraisers at skate parks and stuff like that, or we would uh, link up with a school and do a fundraiser for like a local charity. Um, but then over the years, it's like MySpace started and that kind of like helped us out a lot. Then we started doing like a lot more online donations and events. Um, and then eventually we really like worked out of not during the skates, not doing events at all because the events became really, really stressful Mm, because you were trying to make it to a place on a a certain certain time time. and it's like raining or like 
you know, in Canada, it's like hailing somehow and it's in <laughs> July and you just like, it's really hard to get there. Uh, so we just like really focus on the online fundraising at that point. Now, when you guys started out, like, like the, like the very, very beginning of this, yep. did it start out as something that was purely for your own way to manage with the, you know, with the, with the fact that you were losing important people to your life to cancer or, or did you set out to be like, let's raise awareness or did it, did it sort of just organically kind of flow into that, that yeah. sort of space. I think as like an 18 year old <coughs> kid dealing with any sort of loss, your emotions are all over the place. So one moment you're pissed off and that's why you're doing it. You're angry at like the cause and like, why isn't something done about this? Um, but then other moments you're doing it therapeutically. It's like a selfish like thing to help yourself deal with it. Um, at the end of the moment you like see, um, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, you see someone else that's like, things are work going well for them because of fundraising and stuff mm. like that. Uh, so it, it really bounces around a lot, just like anything in life, your emotions kind of like lead you into like doing something. Um, but it always came back to like wanting to do it. Mm. Now, um, when you, when you guys decided to do the, the <laughs> second leg of the tour, um, was like, did that, was that something that you had decided like once you finished the first one uh LA to Canada at the end of that like 5 month period were you like we got to do this again yeah i wasn't satisfied with the first one i was uh i thought there was a lot of things that um i kind of failed at or didn't do really properly or you know didn't re- reach the fundraising goal uh that we wanted but we also on the other side saw momentum and so we were just like okay well how we can't just like let this go like you know there's momentum happening we poured so much into this first skate. Like, why not do something uh, homeland where we've gotten the most amount of uh, media and press, and try to do something a little bit more here? Mm. Um, but it didn't. It took about four years to do another skate. We did like a lot of local fundraising, a lot of concerts in Toronto, across Canada, um, and then we got back onto the skateboard. And was that fundraising to support the actual tour itself, or? Just to gain the momentum, yeah. like to gain the, the sort of exposure that you'd need to, to We make got that lucky. The tours themselves were uh, privately funded through like skateboard companies. Oh, amazing. And so any sort of donations that came in went directly either to Princess Margaret or to Sick Kids uh, in Toronto. Um, so we got, yeah, we got really lucky. We had good like skateboard sponsors that were just like, cool, we'll pay for your gas. Um, someone else would be like, cool, like... Uh, we'll pay for your meals and stuff like that. So it was like, got really lucky that way. Now I know that, um, you, you know, you were saying that you experienced loss of a, of a few people in your life. Um, can you take us through that process? Like what, who, who has, who in your life has, or had been affected by, by cancer? Yeah. So, um, my mom was, uh, always the one in my life that had cancer since I was a kid, she had cancer and it didn't seem like, uh, like a big deal because it was always something treatable. Um, and skin cancer is, was what she had for the majority of her life. And she was just always going to get, um, skin removed and, and, and dealing with it that way. Um, but then around, uh, I believe it was around like 16, 17, uh, she developed cancer in the bones and eventually she passed away from brain cancer. So she was always struggling with cancer. Um, but within that, I guess, year of her passing away, I had, like, uh, my two grandparents passed away that year, and I had my best friend that passed away that year. So it all just kind of, like, Holy shit. a storm kind of came in. Yeah, yeah it was uh, definitely one of those years it was really tough to deal with. What was that like? Um, do you remember what talking to your mom was like during that time? Yeah. Um, my, my So this past year, my mom actually got diagnosed with bladder cancer. Okay. And I know it's been 
really challenging for her to like fully open up about it. Um, I think there's a, a lot of things that she kind of holds back for me. Yeah. And she tries to be as open as possible, but I think that she is ultimately trying to protect me so she doesn't necessarily tell me everything that's going on. Yeah. So do you remember what it was like talking to your mom during that time? To be honest, that that is like almost identical. Like she rarely would talk about it. Um she rarely would complain about it. Um you could as a kid, you pick up on it pretty quickly. Like you, mm-hmm. you see her going through um, the struggles and whatnot, but she never really complained or talked about and how it. Did, which, like, how did that make you feel? Uh, it was like afterwards, it totally bummed me out because I didn't see it getting as bad or didn't even realize it was as bad as it was. Um, like I remember even the the week that she was uh, like, it was her last week of uh, life. And I remember going away on a trip because I didn't think it was that serious. Right. Um, and then getting the phone call on that trip and her being like, or my dad being like, you have to get home. And yeah, it totally really busted me up because I was just like, man, I wish I knew it like it was that bad at this time, but she never really. Yeah, so you, I guess you think it would be, would have been easier emotionally to, to kind of deal with some of that. You just want to, you just want to yeah. be there, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like any sort of relationship. It's you, you just wanted to, um. But again, that's probably why she didn't open up because she didn't, you know, want to put that on me. And I guess, but as any relationship, you want to be there for the person, right? right? I think so. that's the way. Like I feel about my mom is is I I understand that it's it's hard for her to talk about it. And I understand that she doesn't want to put that on me, but yeah. at the same time, I feel like it would be easier for everybody to deal with if yeah. it was just out in the open. And I think like that's a, a lot of what we are trying to. It's 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 funny because it's like one of the big messages that we're trying to deliver with this podcast is yeah. that through talking about illness, it makes it easier for everybody to deal with, even if it doesn't initially yeah. seem easier. And personally, like from my own experience, I realize that like when we're having conversations like this, I'm, I'm always trying to, to learn techniques and, and how other people do it to make it easier yeah. because in reality, it's still hard. Yeah. Like even for me to, when I come in here and talk to you, I'm removed enough from your experience that I can, I feel like I can dig down and ask sure. questions that, that will allow me to better understand. But then when it comes to my own life... It's hard to put harder to put that into practice. Yeah, it's well, like we got a great example of yesterday. Bell, let's talk, right? It's like, mm-hmm. it's like you have such a great example of this. The whole meaning of that day is open up and talk to each other because no one, no one should ever fight alone. No one ever should be um, struggling alone because you know you never know what you can pull from somebody else and just talking about it, or that person at least knows what you're dealing with and like can pick up on signs and. Um, say they, you see something that they don't see themselves because they can't, like, you can't generally look in the mirror right. really well uh, when you're going through something and your friends can pick up on it because they can see signs. And um, just like any disease, it's like uh, being able to talk about it and being able to really, really, uh, I guess, be open, which is so hard, so hard. Like, I, yeah. like even yeah. myself, it's like things that I go through daily. It's like um, you should just, Open up and talk. What was it like um, going on this tour after? And and obviously you're going and you're speaking with the media and they're asking you about your story and you're constantly having to reflect on 
on the experience that ultimately caused you to go on this trip, which is the loss of your loved ones. Yeah. Is, was it tough to kind of continuously reflect on that or do you find that that helped I, I, with the healing? Yeah, it's very much again, like I keep using the word it was therapeutic, but it was, it was, uh, mm-hmm. it was dealing with it because I, there's, there's no book on how to deal with something. Um, yeah. everyone goes through it their own way. And I guess I was lucky that I was put in this situation where I had to talk about it every day. Um, and it really helped me see that this like horribly hard event to deal with and struggle with ended up like, she gave me the greatest gift of life. She gave me a cause to fight for. She gave me uh, something to live for, something to see joy out of. Um, and it, it really taught me how to try to see it that way instead of see it the other way you know like some people live uh 60 years with their um parent and you know don't get something like that out of it and i had 18 amazing years with my mom and she when she passed she gave me something to fight for so yeah. uh, i was very yeah i was very she's a very amazing woman and i'm glad that i got to have her love live through something else as she is not here anymore so that's sweet yeah. um, uh, <clears throat> i'm really interested in the in your like what your relationship to cancer is oh bry i fucking love you dude um i'm really i'm really interested in the in the relationship that you obviously have with cancer um especially from the point of view of uh of having a relation like a relationship with it from a very young age and something that kind of like continued on like i feel like i know that people can live with cancer for a long time for a prolonged period of time and that but it seems in my experience in life all those cases have been relatively short mm-hmm. um is there anything that like like when you said that you went away on a trip and then you got this call and it's like you got to come home because you didn't think it was that serious um we have a <clears throat> A good friend of ours, uh, Leighton, who was one of our first guests on this show, um, he just recently passed away. And uh, I remember asking him, and this is the thing that sticks with me out of everything that every, every conversation that we've ever had, the thing that sticks with me most is he knew that he was going to pass away. And I asked him, like, you know, how do you experience life? Is everything beautiful? Is like, are you taking everything? Uh, like, have you stopped taking things for granted? Or, you know, is everything more vibrant? Those sorts of things. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I did at first. But now I've been living with this idea that I'm going to pass away. And so that's kind of yeah shifted for me. Like, I start taking things for granted every so, every so often. And then I realize, is your relationship with cancer... Um, like, did your need to go and do the do this work? Did, was that born of this almost like a pent up or like a this accumulating experience with cancer that kind of comes to a head? Yeah, when you become when you're 18 and you have this like like all of a sudden a sudden loss. Never really thought of it like that. Um, I'd say that my early years relationship with cancer was I didn't I, I didn't understand cancer until my mom passed away, even though she lived with it her whole life. I didn't really understand it. I just, you know, it's something that mom goes and deals with once a week. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, right. it was just, she's going to the doctor. She's never really talked about it again. Like you go back to that. Um, I wish she would talk about it more. Um, but you know, you can't change the past. And, uh, but it, again, it morphs and changes. And sometimes I'm just like, I got, I got to a point where I'm just like, you know, maybe, maybe, like a cure is not the full answer. Maybe it's about supporting people that are going through it 
and that's that's important. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in the past like couple of years, we started uh, supporting this organization called Wellspring that helps people that are dealing with it. They act, act as like a a support system, basically. Right. That's super to, interesting. Super cool. Because I feel it's like cool, it's very heavily weighted towards finding a cure and research. And again, like, yeah, my relationship with it cha- has changed constantly over the years. And uh, I like anything, I guess, like it's it's almost like a I, I, a human, right? Really, yeah. like mm-hmm. your 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 relationship changes I, over the I years. I kind of that's I I feel like your the way that your relationship with cancer was is the same way my relationship with with Jeremy's cystic fibrosis is like. Yeah. I see Jeremy go through his treatment. I we talk about it on a regular basis, but I've never personally experienced close loss of somebody living with cystic fibrosis. So I feel like if the day comes when Jeremy's time is done and that's because of cystic fibrosis, I feel like my relationship will mm. completely change with that disease because it'll it'll yeah. be way more real than it was. Yeah. In a yeah. way. I, the, I want to come back to this uh, this notion of like the importance of a support system, um, you know, because like you were just saying, Tay, like we, we oftentimes when we think about cancer, it's like, oh, who has the cancer? What's the treatment like? Uh, you know, how hard is it to go through that treatment? But we don't specifically in this podcast, we don't often have the opportunity to talk to someone who isn't directly physically affected by the cancer, but, you know, emotionally and and um uh, mentally are being yeah. affected from, you know, being, uh, someone that they, they live with or love is going through it. Um, and back when you were 18 and, and all of this was happening, um, what was your support system like back then in terms of like your, your friends and, and the people that were around you, obviously it wasn't just you that was going to start this yeah. like tour to skate from fucking Bang LA on. to Canada, right? Yeah. You had people there with you. I'll remember the first time, uh, like forever, the first time I brought up, I wanted to do this. And, uh, I, I guess I didn't at that time have a great support system of friends. Um, or they just didn't really understand what was going on. Right. Or they just couldn't put their head around it. But then I brought up the notion, uh, basically a year later with around a different group of friends at the end of high school. And that group of friends immediately was just like, yep, we're doing that. We'll join you. We'll like and that to me to this day is like, like they put a year of their life on hold. They all were going to university the next year or college or whatever. And like all four of them were just like, yep, we'll do it with you. And to me, to this day, I'm just like, that's amazing to like mm. stop your life as like a, a friend to just be like, okay, we'll do this with you because we know how important this is in your life. And mm-hmm. uh, this is going to help you, you know, kind of move on. They, or they could have just been like, cool. Well, you know, Good make luck. a donation. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like they donated their life to like. Mm. And were they affected by cancer in any direct way? Um, I, Cause I know you said your, your, your close friend had passed yeah. away uh, soon, soon after or soon before the tour yeah. started. I think only one of them was close to him. And then the other ones, their grandparents or mm. there was one guy, he had nobody affected by cancer. And I was just like, that's incredible. Like mm-hmm. uh, that to me blew my mind. It's like, we're like, it hasn't hit your life yet, but you are, you know, a 17, 18 year old guy and you just, you just see how important it is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. to this day, it's like, uh, yeah, that group of friends, I just, it just shows you how important a support system is in your life and your friends are your support system. And, yeah. um, you know, being able to being lucky enough to have had that uh, group of friends in my life is just, yeah, amazing to me to this day. 
Yo, Bri, what's the coolest thing you've ever done for your mom? Uh, one time I bought her some knee pads because her knees were sore from cleaning the floor all the time. That's the coolest thing you've ever done for your mom? Wow. Jer, what's the coolest thing you've done for your mom? Uh, I took my mom to an illegal cockfight. Wow. She didn't enjoy it, but that that's neither here nor there. Tay, what's the coolest thing you've done for your mom? Thank you for asking, Brian. I actually love my mother. So for Mother's Day this year, I got her a family keepsake from StoryWorth.com. A keepsake? Uh, like, you mean you gave your mom, like, an old wedding dress? Uh, what? Or, like, a, a, a ring that's been passed down from uh, generation to generation? Uh, well, no, no, not quite. Um, the family keepsake, it's a way to bring together your family through storytelling. So basically how it works is I sign up with StoryWorth and I select a recipient. So in this case, my mama. And she gets weekly story prompts. So these are like questions that you've never thought to ask. And she can reply to the story prompt by writing it out or submitting a voice recording. And after a year's worth of story prompts, they bind it together in this beautiful book. So you get a compilation of all the stories and you can keep it in your family, preserve all the amazing stories of our mom, our friends, or our relatives, whoever you choose to give it to. Okay, so like, what's an example of a story prompt? Uh, well, so one of the prompts was, what's the most exciting experience of your life? So I learned that my mom went on this crazy adventure across North America with my dad and her best friends when she left university. Never knew that until I got her this keepsake from StoryWorth. Dude, I never knew that your mom went on that trip, right? Uh, that sounds amazing. That sounds awesome. Wait. How do we get this? Well, it, thank you for asking, Jeremy. If you go to storyworth.com slash sickboy, you can gift a keepsake to your mom this Mother's Day for $20 off. Storyworth.com slash sickboy gets me $20 off of my subscription? What was that again? $20 off your subscription if you get it with storyworth.com slash sickboy. Go to that URL. Get yourself $20 off. Get on it, guys. It's the perfect gift for Mother's Day. This Mother's Day is going to be insane. It's going to be so good. It's one of those crazy fucking things because it's, you know, like, cancer is this, it's this, this beast that almost affects everybody in some way. Yeah. Like you, there, there's no one who's going to escape it in their entire life. Yeah. You're either going to be, you're either going to get it. Yeah. You're going to know someone very close to you who gets it, or you're going to know someone who's close to you who's being affected by it because they, they know someone who's got it. Right. 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 Like every, like it's, it's the, this unescapable disease. And one of the things when we, we talked to Chris Hadfield and he, his like final remarks was like, just just sitting there and thinking about how crazy it is that when he was at this, you know, the, a funeral for a, a fellow astronaut or a fellow um, a fighter pilot or whatever, and he was looking at all the different, the list of things that have have taken the lives of fellow astronauts and, and fighter pilots. Yeah. There were only two things on that list, um, like fighter jet accident yeah. or cancer. It's so weird. It was like those two things were like straight down the list. And and like 95% of it was cancer. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, it's this, it's this totally crazy thing. And, and I'm not really going anywhere with this. It's just a thought that I'm having where it's like, it's, it's so wild that we're all affected by it in some way. Yeah. And, and I just think it's, I think it's so massively important for us to like, just remember that when, although it's not affecting you. It's it's going to be affecting the people in your life, and like it, those moments are so important to be yeah there for those people, you know. Which always used to piss me off about it. Like I used to, I remember here a lot of people. It's like, oh, that's just life. Cancer's mm-hmm. just that's part of it, and you're just like, ah, oh, but 
like I'm not saying like necessarily like find a cure, but it's like I just don't believe in like just accepting something and being like, oh, that's just that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's just like it always blew my mind. It's like <laughs> do something then if that you yeah. know is affecting because yeah, it is just life. Yeah, so exactly. Are we just gonna sit back and totally. and and let it like swallow us up yeah. or? Yes, it is life. Yeah. So let's be proactive in exactly. like making a difference, or yep. at least striving to like do something. Because great. the the re- reality is, is that it 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 ruins a lot of people's lives if we <sighs> don't do anything about it. And that's where when you go back to the support system. It's like, man, it's like going through. I could never imagine being someone that had have cancer myself. Mm. I, I just don't. I you know maybe the day when it comes, I'll understand it, or if it does happen to me. Um, but like, yeah, it's just like to not know, uh, like a family support system and an external support system. Cause sometimes it's stuff you just can't say, um, to your family. I remember this organization, Wellspring, uh, they let me sit on in on, um, a group session, which you normally aren't able to sit in on. Um, and it was basically a group of, uh, 10, uh, teenagers that either were just diagnosed with cancer or they were on the other side where they're in remission, mm. um, or they were in between dealing with uh, going through chemotherapy and whatever. And the room where kids were able to say, this is what's going on in my life. I can't tell my parents that this is happening, or they'll freak out and they'll get worried uh, about you know side effects from uh, treatment or whatnot. But they were able to say it to another kid that knew what it was like. And just seeing the first the kid that just walked in and was just like, I was just diagnosed and seeing them be able to break down and around a group of, oh man, I'm going to cry around a, a group of, uh, people that also have been in that situation and that actually can be honest with each other and be like, okay, this is going to happen next. This is going to happen next. It's going to, you're going to see peaks and valleys throughout the whole thing. And then the kid just be like, that, that, that brought up the issue of, uh, them just being diagnosed, be like, okay, cool. Like I feel normal. Mm. Kids just want to feel normal. Mm-hmm. They just want to feel that they are, are not, you know, alone with their struggles and that there's other people that also are going through it. And I, I, the support system in any sort of, uh, illness or disease or whatever you have is so important. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. So are you working or kind of like focusing on working primarily with kids now? Uh, focusing more on that organization because they do a lot of like youth outreach and whatnot. Um, the last couple of years, uh, I guess three years, uh, we've done it. Me and a couple of buddies have done it by grad, um, from here to New Orleans. Um, there's like a group of 20 of us and we, uh, try to raise as much money as we can. And it's, it's nicer doing a ride, not alone, yeah. uh, <laughs> and being on the road of uh, a bunch of people and bike riding is a little bit easier on the knees and ankles. Um, but yeah, that's what we've been focused on the last couple of years. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's an awesome ride because every single person on the ride has also gone through something, uh, to deal with cancer. So everyone's sharing, everyone's talking, um, each group of riders is about, I think there's 20 or 25 of us each year. And they're all from different walks of life. Like some of them are doctors, some of them are like, uh, bartenders. Like it's just, 
all over the place, but the main theme is uh, you've been touched by cancer. And each group of riders, they break you up in groups of five. You get a warrior. You get someone that is going through cancer themselves mm. that basically keeps in touch with you every day. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's an cool. yeah, incredibly uh, uh, moving event to be a part of. Um, <clears throat> I, I kind of wanted to, to – this is kind of taking us into another direction. And I, and I wanted to uh, – this is kind of something that I've, that I've thought about um, and that's kind of been brought to my attention uh, from more from Bill Burr ranting. And, <laughs> and you, might, you might not have any opinion on this. And if you don't, that's totally fine. I just wanted to know, as somebody who... Is what Bill are Burr- your thoughts on the New England Patriots? <laughs> right? that's, yeah. yeah, and the Celtics. Bill Belichuk, <laughs> yeah. best yeah. coach ever. Bill <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Him and uh, who's the basketball coach? Uh, <laughs> for... Uh, Spurs, uh, gosh, why can't I think of it? Oh, the Popovich. Yeah, my two favorite people to interviews. Mm-hmm. Like after, uh, I guess a post game <laughs> thing. He's like, the interviewer would be like, "Well, why did why did you guys win tonight?" He's like, "We got more baskets in." Yeah, <laughs> dead face, yeah, and he's just like, yeah. "Yeah, you're right. That's that's why yeah. you like so when, uh, when, when Bill Belichick uh, gets asked a question that he, he's like, "Are you?" He's basically in his head thing. Are you stupid? He just stares at the person yeah. and doesn't answer. He just doesn't yeah. dignify with a response. He's just like, I'm not going to answer that question. Yeah. Um, so, but so Bill Burr brings this up a lot because he 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 always urges people to donate to um, St. Jude's uh, okay. Children's Hospital. And Bill he's, Burr is the comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and gotcha. he and he, but he loves ranting about about not giving money to certain organizations that he feels are just become like a, a massive yeah. company. And as somebody who, who is, uh, who is actively, you know, raising money for, for causes that they believe in and to talk to somebody, because I feel like every organization at one point, no matter how big they've become started at a really grassroots level yeah. where you had somebody like you who is like crazy passionate and has this, you know, really, really tangible experience and reason why they got involved in something. Do you, do, and not to put any like organizations on blast, but do no. you feel like there's any, like there is a, especially in the realm of cancer where it's such a massively funded yeah. um, research cause that there is any, I don't know, has there, has there any organizations or, or has the, has this universe of cancer funding gone in a wrong direction in any way, uh, do you think? A hundred percent, but it, I think everything that you do in life, so there's, there's two sides of it to me. There's, um... The people that will use that excuse just not to give to anybody, well, it's all corrupt. And it's like, right. well, no, there mm-hmm. isn't. You just don't do your research on who you want to give to, and you're using that as an excuse not to get involved. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But it's just like politics. It's like the person who got into politics when they were younger because they were passionate about like how people are and how people like they want to serve people. They want to change. And, like, yeah. Change, right? And then over the years, they kind of get deflated, and they you know eventually have uh, like a. a life to support and you know um their wage has gone from here to here and it's just like kind of snowballs a lot of organizations out there they have ceos that are making way too much money because over the years that ceo made this amount of money then they made this amount of money then they made this amount of money and it's just like now they're like a 50 year old organization and they're just used to like paying these executives and ceos this amount of money and so yeah they're a lot of their donations go towards that um but then again, the other side, like I, I really don't get it because I, we never really, we try to stay away from anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like we're a hundred percent volunteer based. 
Uh, I have a job. I bartend. Um, and that's just the way I always felt comfortable with it. And I'm not saying it's one way or another. Maybe if we structured it properly, we could have raised more money. Mm. But it's just a matter of how, how comfortable you feel with what you're doing, right? Um, and then the other side of it is like some of these CEOs are worth $100,000 a year because they, they're able to successfully right. raise mm. this amount of money because they're, they went to Harvard. Right. And so they're intelligent enough to be able to do it. So it's do your research. And that's as a as a donor, do your research, and you know if you don't like the way a certain organization is run, or you don't like the the way their finances is, are going, don't donate. Yeah, mm. but then don't use that as an excuse not to, to not donate, donate to anyone. anything else. Yeah, yeah exactly. I really yeah. like the idea of like really doing your research and not and not and not allowing necessarily like advertising and marketing to dictate who you're giving your money to or who, sure. or who you willing who you are willing to donate your money to because. Um, because in the exact same, in the exact same vein, you could have an organization who has tons of money and advertises and markets like crazy and they are doing the best job at what they're doing. And then you could have another case of in the same way who isn't, um, but doing your research. I mean, just the same way you mentioned politics, like the same way that you should know who the, who you're fucking voting for, Yeah, you know, but often, oftentimes we don't. Yeah. So Rob, you um, you did the the trip from uh, Los Angeles up to here, and then you did you went from uh, Vancouver to Halifax. Your home, yeah, yeah. And then and then where did you go after that? Halifax. <laughs> Halifax. How was I? Actually, I want to talk about that tour. How was that that trip? Like, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, was that harder than the first one? It or? was. It was so much easier. The first one we got really in trouble with the police a lot. Um, goddamn hooligans yeah. on your fucking skateboards. That's <laughs> like, why it's that tattoos whole, on it's your that face. Whole, yeah. yeah, it's that whole Dennis the Menace stereotype and Bart Simpson just <laughs> totally. Do you find that has, has that made it um, challenging in any way to kind of connect with? It was only a, in a the large states. It, yeah. uh, oh, uh, what part of that? Sorry. I, so I mean that in the sense that like there's this like kind of negative perception of skateboarders, like they're troublemakers and yeah, end up to no good. Did you yeah, have a Brian? Anything? They're also super cool. That's it. It's like, like it's, it's skateboarding a fl- is cool. Actually, well, I, it's I, uh, I looked it up the That's other true. day it's on like, Google. I mean, like, I... Is skateboarding cool? <laughs> and um, the answer is... it, it came up on um, on Yahoo Answers. Uh, I can tell you what the answer is. I right love googling here. things like that just oh, to see what comes up. <laughs> yeah. Top answer. Yeah. Uh, yes. Here we go. <laughs> Yahoo Answers is skateboarding still cool? Uh, no. The best answer. Scootering, yeah. scootering. Skating is cool. You probably haven't seen skaters around because people, including cops, dislike skaters and take <laughs> boards away. You have probably noticed no skating signs around. Even last night, to piss off a security guard, me and my friends found the wheels to a rolling chair and rode around in front of Safeway. The damn security guard took it away. So that's the answer. <laughs> skateboarding is, skateboarding cool. is cool. Skateboarding is so cool. So, yeah, like I, I grew up um, skateboarding and. and uh, I was I wasn't like a troublemaker or anything, but I, I yeah. found like whenever I would go from skateboarding in front of my house yeah. to a more public location, that people would almost like kind of look at you like, oh, those kids are up yeah. to no good. Yeah, like I want to call the cops just because I look I'm looking yeah, at you. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know what? Skateboarding has this really interesting, uh, I guess, uh, society kind of story to it, where the reason why it has stayed relevant and cool is because of that, like, attitude that the has always... The counterculture kind of... Exactly. Uh, kind of vibe, yeah. Right? Um, 
But then again, like for us, it, we were like, <coughs> it worked in two ways. It, some people were just like, oh, cool, skateboarders, they're doing something that's like kind of positive. And then they wanted to support it because right, yeah. they always viewed it this way. They finally pulled their socks up, those <laughs> yeah. dirty piece of shit skateboarder yeah. kids. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I do find I that hate they, them. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I love what they're doing. Yeah. Or they're just like, nah, no, you're not. Yeah, the thing that's not what you're doing. You're like, oh, weird. <laughs> Pretty sure it is what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we don't believe you. The yeah. thing I like about the skate community, though, is I always find, like, wherever you're from, it's it's usually pretty tight-knit. Very tight, and, yeah. And super supportive. Um Back in Halifax, uh, there's a uh, a bowl that our friend built uh, okay. in in Cow Bay. Okay, kind of area. It's rather cool, new cool. too, like in the last uh, like a few years. Two years, yeah. Maybe. Um, so, like that whole community, kind of, I don't want to say functions around the bowl, but but it certainly brings this like element of of like power to their totally. Community. And I realized that like they would, if there was one individual there who wanted to do something, hold a fundraiser, yeah. hold an event, everybody would Big be time. behind them. Well, the one thing about cool about skateboarding is that from a young age, it teaches you about community. It teaches mm. you about, like, you know, being a part of something that isn't, like, you know, just about yourself. It's about, like, I guess, what, if you, even if it's just about, like, a, a stupid piece of wood with wheels, you're a, you're a part of something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, for us over the years, like, being able to, like, roll into a certain town and, be, like, k- kids be like, oh, cool. And just show up just because it has to do with skateboarding. And, yeah, there's a cause attached to it. And that's even cooler. Um, but that would draw them in. Right. And, yeah. like, all the facets that go along with skateboarding. Like, um, going out, uh, you know, whenever I go out to this, and, and like Brian said, this, this tight-knit community. Like, if you go out on a Wednesday night out there, there's going to be, uh, it's just this little bowl. It's a little bowl that's probably, like, if there was no walls in this place, it'd be the size of this, okay. this place. Which would be a cool idea. Let's tear down these walls. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, and it's just like, and it's just a, a like a an oval, like an oval bowl. Okay. So it's very basic, but like it's you know one, you know, it's got everything's pretty low. Um, it's got one uh, big high wall on one side, and you go in there on Wednesday night, and there's going to be like fifteen guys in there, and it's really really tight space. Yeah. And there's like a couple couches and stuff. You're hanging out. And I remember I hadn't skated in a while and I went in there and I was sitting there and I hadn't skated in probably like six months. And I was like, oh man, I'm like, they're, they're having a total jam session right yeah. now. And I'm just going to drop in here and have to get my feet back under me. Whoa. Yeah. That's it's not super a small cool. little thing. That's a photo awesome. On his phone. Holy shit. That's cool. So like a bunch of these guys got together, wow. a bunch of carpenters that live out there. It's a really yeah. like tight knit surf community and they've all, everybody loves to skate. Okay. And I go in there and I'm, I'm hanging out, I'm hanging out with my board and, I'm, and I, I put my shoes on, but I'm kind of like hesitant to, to drop in and, you know, I'm in front of everybody and all of a sudden yeah. my ego is starting to tell me stuff and I'm getting the jitters. And someone spits on your shoe and they're like, get out of here, noob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. And I'm like, oh God, That's my, what my, fears, are con- yeah, my yeah. fears are confirmed. Yeah. And then, uh, and then my buddy, uh, Dean is like, is like, yo, Taylor, like drop in. And then I go in, I, I fuck up right away. And then, and everyone immediately is like, yeah, fuck it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they're cheering you on. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You and then throw I get your board out. and feel amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then like the next few times as I'm like progressively getting a bit more comfortable on my board, everyone's like every yeah. time everyone's reassuring you like, man, it's coming, it's coming. Like just like the community support. And then watching people and getting and like garnering, like going, oh, he did that that way. Like that's a great, that's a great idea. Yo, totally. man, that was sweet. I'm gonna try and adopt that into, into what I'm doing. 
And like, just like the eye contact, like, oh, you're going? Okay, now I'm going. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's just... just going back to, you know, it's a, it's a solid community. It's yeah. just like a really, really awesome community. It really is. Like, I think anyone incredible. who's never skateboarded or uh, always wanted to try always has that perception of like, if I drop in and, you know, I mess up or whatever, everyone's going to laugh at me. But it's always in my... I, I was never really that good of a skateboarder. But I always like w- would have support from other people that were doing mm-hmm. it. First time I dropped in, you know, you mess up and the buddy's like, yo, why don't you try it this way? That helped me my first time. Yeah. And then you try it that way and you get better and you get better. And people are always skating by giving you tips, not yeah. ever laughing at you. I know, which is so amazing. incredible because yeah. your ego is just telling you like, man, I'm going to like, I'm going to look like an idiot. Like yeah. they're going to go, oh, what the fuck is he doing here? And it's like, it's totally the opposite. They just want you to get better. They want to elevate you. Yeah. And that amazing community is Teaches, so cool. T- teaches you a lot skateboarding. I remember uh, that Jerry Seinfeld was doing this, uh, his, um, I guess, he gets coffees with comics. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, co- comedians uh, in cars getting coffee. That's That was it, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was doing one, I forget who the other comedian was, but Jerry Fa- Seinfeld was like talking about skateboarding. He's like, he's never skateboarded. He's like, but I like those kids. They fall down and they get up immediately. He's like, those are the kids I trust with our society. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, right. they always get up. They always get up. And he was just like, it, it kind of like, I never heard that before. And I was just like, yeah. oh yeah, like that's true. It's like skateboarding teaches you a really great life lesson. It's like, pick yourself up. You're going to fail a thousand times before you eventually get mm-hmm. it. Like, Cause yeah. it is one of those things that if that you are certainly not going anywhere unless you fall down a thousand times. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. you have to go through that. It's an, it's an un, it's an unstoppable, uh, uh, consequence of it's the only of way to grow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I really do want to know because uh, you you mentioned it earlier that the the tour the Canada tour from Van Van to Halifax, what made that easier? You, you said it was a lot easier than the first one. Uh, I was I think a lot of things um, probably made it easier um, at that time. We were probably six years old as a, a group of like people doing what we mm-hmm. were doing. And we had a lot more momentum in Canada. People knew about what we were doing. Press was really on our side in Canada. Um, we would get pulled over by the cops and they wouldn't yell at us. They would drop off Gatorade. Oh, like, nice. It was yeah. like the first time a cop pulled us over, we were like, oh, great. It was like the second day. And we were like, oh, great, not again. And he came over and he was like, hey, do you guys got water? I got a case of water in my, my, uh, my, my car. And we are like... Oh, that's sweet. We, we're good for water, but thanks, man. Like, that's so yeah. nice. You're like, like expecting that, like you're gonna put your hand out and he's gonna like slap some cuffs on yeah, you and exactly. be like, "I got you." Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, we had so much, so much. Uh, but I think we had maybe like one incident uh, in like Manitoba where the cop was just looking out for our, our safety because it's like literally that highway is the scariest thing in the world. Um, I mean, like, what are the logistics of fucking skateboarding on a highway? Uh, uh, you like, know, that sounds That was the only challenging bananas. thing about Canada is, like, there's not as many roads. Like, in the States, you can t- take back road to back road to back road to back road yeah. and get across the whole country. Um, in Canada, there's certain legs, like, through northern Ontario, there's, like, basically, it's the windiest, scariest road. Yeah. Um, luckily, we were doing that, like, in the fall. So we didn't really have much uh, cottage traffic and stuff like that, which is... Like, truckers know how to drive. They, yeah. they see you on the side of the road, and they know how to, like, pull around you, not freak out. But, co- like, people who regular just are driving their car to go to a cottage, they see someone on the side of the road, and they yeah, actually freak the out. Yeah. yeah, they just don't know how to deal with Did it. Did you guys have, like, a support band that was kind of, um, uh, I don't know, like, keeping your keeping yeah. you kind of safeguarded from... The worst thing we realized over the years, support van following behind is a nightmare. Oh, yeah? It's surprising, but, like, people would... Uh, see the support van and just think this guy's just like 
driving slow. Yeah. Even though we would put signs in the back of it, lights on top of it, uh, people would just beeline it around and cut back cut in front. Back in. Oh, and fuck. so they wouldn't see you. Uh, so eventually it was just a lot easier for the van to drive up 10 kilometers. Then I would go meet it, stop, have a break. Drive right. up 10 kilometers and I'd have a phone on me if anything happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, cars could totally see what's happening ahead of them. Um, and sometimes the support van would be, you know, taking up too much of the road and, it, and it's like a two lane highway that like people just can't get around. They get frustrated, call the cops. That's right. why the cops get mad at you because people are frustrated. Uh, so yeah, it was a lot easier just to skateboard by what, yourself. What percentage of the time were you like totally solo skateboarding? Uh, on the. The U.S. and Canada one, I was probably maybe 20% sometimes someone would join in. Um, and then we did a New Zealand one uh, where the roads were so bad that I was getting frustrated on, uh, I guess, the second day. Like, we would, in Canada, we would do, like, 50 to 80 kilometers a day, sometimes reach up to 100 kilometers. We were, like, flying. We got to New Zealand on, I think, the third skate, and the roads were so bad that we were lucky to, like, like clock like 30 kilometers Whoa. uh they're just like unpaved roads with like just stones and so you're just vibrating the whole day oh, man. and oh, it's that's like the worst, the worst yeah that's, that's yeah. what and i love falling. about like being on a longboard you, yeah you've got bigger wheels that are well, we had you bigger you wheels, are, wheels, are you using like gel wheels like yeah. gel lo- like lo- longboard wheels longboard wheels on yeah. Your board, yeah um it was just like a nightmare but the second day my buddy who i grew up skateboarding with had that <laughs> mentality where he saw me like getting frustrated and just got out of the van and started skateboarding and he mm-hmm. wasn't planning on skateboarding the whole trip. And I guess by like the fourth day of just doing it with me and giving me someone to like talk or like swear at the roads with was very, again, like yeah. it was very therapeutic and helped me. And it was that whole like growing up skateboarding kind of mentality where it's like, if someone's not landing that trick, you just get out and try to help them or pick them up. That's exactly like the story you were talking about with the kids, the the support group you were sitting yeah. on, like just to know that there's someone else there going through that same thing is just like good point, incredibly yeah. removing the isolation like, from yeah. From the experience. It's just like yeah. understanding, like difference. I'm going through this, but you know what? So is he, yeah. And we're in this together, and uh, he's he uh, he's learning from me. I'm learning from him, and we can have this dialogue or this back and forth, even if it's nonverbal. Yep. There's that understanding that like brings comfort. How how hard is it doing like doing that many kilometers going that long, probably being on in Canada for sure, empty roads. Is yeah. it, is Are it your like legs a, just fucked? But like, it, dude, I'm and, thinking and about I, like a hundred kilometers on a skateboard. I mean that, I mean physically, but I also mean mentally in a way that it, is it kind of meditative and therapeutic the way that you almost talked about earlier, or is it kind of really frustrating at times where you're just like, fuck, I just wish we were at the next stop. Yeah. Um, T- breaking anything down day by day is always like, it, and it teaches you that. It teaches you, cool, I'm going to look at today, I'm going to get through today, um, and then after that I'll look at tomorrow kind of thing, but I mm-hmm. won't look at, I won't look ahead. I won't look ahead at 5,000 kilometers, I'll look ahead at 80 kilometers and tackle that and then go from there. Fuck, dude, it's so metaphorical for, <laughs> for the life. struggle that you, you well, go through in, in cancer, in life, yeah. in, in anything. Anything, like. yeah. It's like you, you even hear athletes talk about it constantly. Like They'll be like, okay, so you know, you, what are you guys thinking about the playoffs? They're like, we're halfway through the season. I'm looking at next game. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's like we're not looking at that at all. And it's like it's, you can't. Like if you do look at that, you'll, you will break you'll down. And, yeah, exactly. I know it's a big question, but like, what, what do you think – 
this experience of doing uh, several, you know, um, skateboard tours that that cover a very vast dist- distance, um, all for a good cause, all for you know personal therapeutic reasons, and with all that in mind, what, what do you think is the biggest takeaway or the biggest like life lesson that you've taken from those experiences? Oh man, there's probably a, a lot. Um, I would, yeah, I would say that, that taking things day by day, like anything in life, any struggle, any, uh, uphill battle, it's like, that's always been the one thing, uh, that's gotten me through it. Like you, whatever you think of, like going into the first skate, I remember like looking at it, uh, the whole skate. I remember looking at it, like the whole picture, mm. um, and then having breakdowns and constantly breaking down because you're just like, you just like how I can't do this. I can't do this. And then, um, I guess moving on to the next skate, being able to look at it day by day, having great days, having bad days, but just not letting that next day affect the next day. Um, and like you said, it's like, it's like dealing with cancer. It's like dealing with uh, any sort of addiction or illness. It's like, if you, if you look at it, like you take, you take people, someone who is suffering from, uh, alcoholism, it's like you, they'll go to AA and they'll never say, don't look at tomorrow. It's today. It's like, get through today mm. and you'll be fine. Um, but I would say, yeah, there's, I, that those skates have taught me so much in life and, um, it's hard to pull one thing out of it. Yeah. Do you, could you pinpoint, um, maybe one of the most memorable experiences on any of those given tours? There was a, um, nor- it was, we were in Northern Ontario and it was one of those bad days. Um, and we were like, I guess we were near Lake Superior at the time. And so we pulled over cause the, the lake was just stunning. It was, uh, it was towards the end of summer, leaves were changing and it was just a beautiful. So we pulled over to ha- kind of have a picnic and take a break. And this guy had his, uh, 18 wheel truck, uh, pulled over and he was just sitting on the, the, I guess, what do you call it? The guardrail. Mm-hmm. And he was just like staring into the, the, the lake and he looked over and I was like, what are you guys doing? We were like, we told him and he was just like, and he just broke down oh. and he's like, dude, he's like, I'm driving back to, I, I don't, I forget where it was. Maybe it was Quebec. And he was just like, uh, I'm driving back cause my mom, my, no, his, his wife was, uh, very, very sick and like it was due to cancer. And he was just like, this is too messed up. And he's like, that you guys are here. And we're both staring at this lake. And he's like, this is like, yeah. So that was definitely, and it was one of those moments where we were just like, oh. oh, I get it again. And sometimes you lose the vision of why you're doing something. And I don't, I don't, I don't believe in like God and stuff, but like, I believe in like energy and people. And I was like, that guy was there for that reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm happy that we were there too. And cause you, you I couldn't imagine how alone he felt doing that drive. Right. And he probably pulled over because he was like in his head alone, just needed to breathe and look at something peaceful. But um, in a, in a way I, I kind of feel like in the same thought of energy, I kind of feel like you're here today for me selfishly in the same way because of what I'm going through with my mom. But then I also think of everybody else who's listening to this and yeah. all of the people who, who, need this message too and the people who who might not need it right now but will need it in the future and dude like i can't thank you enough for oh man the work that you're doing it's the same way it's it's a two-way street it's like that's that's the one thing that makes us human is that we uh emotionally um everything you give is everything you get 
right? And mm-hmm. it's the same way. It's like you're, you're, you, everything that you're going through fires me up as well, and it makes me want to have purpose in life. And um, it's, it's again, the one thing that like we, we definitely forget a lot as people is that we're, you know, we're, we're connected more than we understand. Mm. And it, yeah, it drives both of us. So I love you, man. I love you, dude. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Rob, I am uh, forever grateful that you, you took the time to come in and chat with us today. Of course. This, is, uh, this has been really, really special. I love that it go, it's gone like all over the place. It's my favorite. That's when you <laughs> yeah. know like you're having like a good time is like when favorite. it's not like scripted. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, yeah, we didn't even really talk about like certain things when we I, went back and forth yeah. and yeah. It's yeah. What you is, guys is there anything that we didn't touch on that you would love to hit? This is perfect. Okay. Um, I really want to say what you guys is doing is incredible. People need to hear more uh, stories and sometimes you connect to some stories and sometimes you don't uh, and it mean it helps you, but sometimes you hear someone else's story and you get a better understanding of what someone else is going through. Yeah. And I think that um, the world would be a lot better off if we uh, just tried to listen to other people's stories and what people are going through, even if it doesn't you don't it doesn't make sense to you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you could take the the situation again with mental illness. It's like that's so hard for people that have never struggled with it to understand why someone can't get out of bed. They're just like, I just don't get it, right? Mm-hmm. But like, if you hear someone who's actually going through it and listen to someone's story, it makes so much more sense to you. So yeah, um, yeah just listen to each other more. And I think what you guys are doing is, 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 is giving it that platform. So thank you. I appreciate Thanks, it. Man. Thanks, man. Thank you so thank you. much. Uh, and thank you all so much for <laughs> being the listeners. Yeah. For taking your time to listen. Um, we, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for all of you. Um, uh, that is that is all we have for today. We'll be back next week with another great conversation. Um, but in the meantime, please take some time, head over to iTunes, uh, give us a rating and a review so that more people can uh, listen in and um, and hear the stories that we we are bringing to the table. And um, we're also on Patreon. Uh, again, this conversation with Rob, this trip to Toronto would not have happened if it wasn't for the people who are supporting what we're up to, everybody who has already supported us on Patreon, you, we cannot thank you enough. Um, and, and if you are into what we're doing and you, you, you think that, uh, you'd like to support, go on over to patreon.com slash sick boy. Um, that's it for today. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is sick boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.